Well, let's pray as we open this word of life. Father, help us, we pray, to see wonderful things in your word. Teach us, we pray, and would speaker and listener alike sit under your word, directed by you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I found myself waking one of the boys this week at what seemed like the middle of the night, and it wasn't. It was a very sensible hour. It was 7 a.m., but it's the end of the summer holidays, and after all the flurry of preparations, getting ready for the new term, here we were, and finally the day had arrived. And I had to offer, not to embarrass anyone here, but I had to offer a gentle nudge and a gentle but insistent, wake up. I didn't use a bucket of water, I promise you. Gentle nudge. Now, a few minutes later, it was all systems go, and the whole house had thankfully sprung into action. Now, that's the sense we get from Paul here in Colossians chapter 4. That sense of being woken up and everything springing to action. Now, remember from Colossians, Paul has reminded them not of their impressive location, Colossae, where's that? But their location in Christ, chapter 1, verse 2. And Paul's urged them to get rooted and built up there in Christ, chapter 2, 6, and 7. He's also warned them about the attempt to capture them and kidnap them to the philosophies and deceits of the world, which are empty, chapter 2, verse 8. And he's instructed them how to get a radical new mindset and with it, a whole new wardrobe, behavior change. Live out their family relationships, end of chapter 3, start of chapter 4. And now there are what might look like further instructions. Did you see the little title that's not inspired, but it's there? It might look like just a list of further instructions, but no, we're going to see something a lot more significant. Something that has a sense of the Bible holding the top of your arm, and shaking it gently, and asking you to wake up. Well, if you're a follower of Christ, here's where we're going. You have a radical calling to reach out to the world with the message of new life in Christ. You have a radical calling, wake up, to reach out to the world with the message of new life in Christ. It's time, Paul says. Yeah, allow the fact that Christ is Lord and Christ is your life to reshape all your relationships with other Christians, with your families. But don't stop there. Now reach out to the people around you with the message of new life in Christ. This is much more than a set of further instructions. And, and by the time we're, we're through reading this short paragraph today, in the next few minutes, from God's Word. Well, here's my prayer for all of us, that we'll be woken up, September-like, with a focus for that radical challenge of declaring Christ to those who are still on the outside. Well, we're going to hear two calls here. So it's a call to wake up, but it comes twice. And how often do you have to repeat the wake-up call in your house? Well, here are two calls. Firstly, Paul calls Christians to have prayer as standard, verses 2 to 4. Prayer as standard. Now, let's look closely at the text here for a moment. 
Chapter 4, verse 2. You can follow along as I read. Paul writes, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Getting anything from an insurance policy to a car wash Some elements are standard, and some elements are extras or add-ons. But what does the Bible say about prayer? Well, for the Christian life, Paul says, no, prayer is standard. It's never an optional extra. Look at it. Continue steadfastly in prayer. In other words, devote yourselves, as some of the translations put this. Devote yourselves to it, not as an add-on, but as a standard aspect of the life of a Christian. So wake up. And actually that word wake up or that expression is very close to what he says next. As verse 2 puts it, being watchful in it. There's a sense of being alert, being watchful with thanksgiving. So in other words, if you're a Christian, it's time to pray with that new alertness, giving the fact that all around you are deceivers trying to insist on empty deceit and religion or all kinds of seemingly plausible arguments, chapter 2, verse 4. You really need to pray, don't you? Because as well as getting those relationships right with everybody around you, start at chapter 3, as well as trying to work out those family relationships, end of chapter 3, you have to keep reaching out to those around you despite the attempts of deceit around us. And so here's a very, very vital, rousing call, in fact, to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Have you ever thought about your prayer life and what it needs? Well, give it an alertness. Imagine the alarm clock going off to pray. Now, the prayer life of Christians, as well as being very alert, um, you'll have noticed the word thankfulness. It's thankful. Prayer, you see, wells up out of us, out of our recognition of what God has already done for us. Um, Just look back in your Bible to chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. What's already happened that we should be so thankful for? Well, look at it, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. For you have died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. You have a new life. It's been a death to life transfer. You didn't arrange it. God did. And with the reality of that now sinking in as you listen and as you live it out, that's going to fuel your prayers with a new gratitude and thanksgiving. Doesn't the Bible do that when you hear those truths? There's a sigh of relief and thanksgiving. Well, allow that to well up even as you come to that new alertness about the world around you and how much those on the outside are going to need to see as well as us. Think of a new morning like today. Now, I'll give you an insight into my Sunday mornings. At 10 to 6 this morning, it was pretty, pretty dark as I was getting up Sunday morning. And these days, the things have turned, sorry, it's turned slightly at the start of September. It's darker now in the mornings. But you know, it was dark, but when it came, what a dawn. It was amazing. You'd see the light coming up 
And it's like that. Look at, look at it outside now. It's like that for Christians. An amazing dawning, a new day of realization, what God has done for you in Christ. You're awake now. You're ready for the day's work. And you're welling up with an ever-growing sense of thankfulness for that amazing life in Christ. Here's a very practical suggestion. I was tidying the desk drawer this week, and I came across a box of highlighters that I'd never opened before. I was quite delighted when I opened it up, and I'd never used them. They were brilliant. Take those highlighters this week. Take your Bible and go back through Colossians and highlight everything that it says God has done for us and done for you in Christ. You'll be amazed. And then as you pray, look at the color. Look at the yellow that bounces off the page and thank God all the more and praise Him and pray in thankfulness, vocal now, for what God has done for you. Well, look at what Paul asks the Colossian believers to do with their prayers. It's one thing to pray and be devoted to it, but prayer is standard. We've gotten that. That's the call. But as well as that, there's a purpose behind prayer. Did you see it there? Have a look at the next verse, verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us, Paul says, that God may to open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Did you see the purpose there? Paul asks that they would pray for him and those working with him that God would open a door. Now, we say that a lot as Christians, doors opening, doors closing, but it's a very, very powerful image, isn't it? What's being opened? Well, Paul is asking for prayer that the Lord would open a door for the Word, a door opened. It's as if Paul imagines homes and workplaces of those around him who don't know Christ, and then where doors were once slammed shut, suddenly with the prayers of God's people, those doors would be wide open for the Word. That's a really stunning image, isn't it? And here's his clear understanding that God's the one who will open those doors, not us. God's the one that will open even doors that are slammed shut to Christ. And you can see his passion that ordinary Christians, in continued steadfast prayer, newly alert, remember the alarm blaring, and thankful, will make it a determination to pray for God's help in making clear declarations of the mystery Now, that doesn't mean something that's puzzling. As we saw earlier in Colossians, that means Christ, the message of Christ now revealed. And that's what we need to pray. It's time. Wake up. It's time. You have this radical calling to reach out to the rest of the world with the message of new life in Christ. And you'll do that by praying for God to open the doors. Could you pray that? Wouldn't it be a stunning sight? Now, imagine this. You're driving home, or you're getting the bus, or the dart home today, or you're on your bike, and you get to your community, and all the doors are open. And it's not just because of the summer heat, but you'll see every house with a door open, wide open, not for ventilation either, but for the Word. Why don't you pray that as you walk past the houses of your friends and neighbors? Open doors, Lord. Would you open those doors for, for the Word? that the Word could come in here. That's what Paul asks in verse 4. And that people would have as the doors open clarity, clarity on this mystery that is Christ. If I did get invited into one of those doors this week, what would I say? So if I did drive up and all the doors were open and somebody said, come here, what would I say? 
Well, I'd tell them about Jesus Christ. Here's what I might say. Look back to Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Here's what I might say. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I might say that God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'd tell them about Jesus. I'd tell them the gospel. You need to tell them too as those doors open. You see, here's the call for you and me to have prayer as a standard for the sake of those who are still on the outside, and then to pray for God to open His doors, and then for the Word to get access to those who are quite literally dead and bring them to life in Christ. Prayer is standard for the sake of the world. And then secondly, I said there were two calls. Here's the second one. Paul calls Christians to pursue this. He says, have outreach with compelling behavior. That's the second call. Outreach, reaching outsiders, with compelling behavior. Verses 5 and 6. Have a look at verse 5 for a second. He says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So as well as being watchful in prayer, the Bible calls Christians to be watchful in living too. Walk in wisdom. Be wise in the way you act towards those who are on the outside of Christ. Well, there's lots of wisdom that we could take and we could walk in. So what's the Bible referring to here in Colossians? Well, if you look closely at this book and these verses, you see, Paul's not interested in us telling worldly wisdom extracted from the ideas around us. No, no. Paul wants us to be the kind of people that live with a kind of conduct that's backed up by what the Bible says. Biblical wisdom is what we're meant to walk in. And remember, as we immerse ourselves here in church and with each other and in our families, immersed in the life of Christ and His Word, well, look, at there's a little phrase, too, at the end of verse 5, making the best use of time, immersed with Christ and His wisdom, and then making the best use of the time. In other words, live with a kind of conduct that recognizes that time runs out. Time's running out. September becomes December very quickly. So take the opportunities. And as you study beside people or work with them or live next to people who don't know Jesus, live wisely. Now, I think this is one of the real challenges, isn't it? We all might feel that we could have done a lot better on this one. But it's September, isn't it? Time for another go at it. Time to allow the life of Christ to change us and even to see the little changes the Lord's making in our lives and to see that lived out in the way we live and behave towards each other. But we're getting the picture, aren't we? The Bible's giving us a few nudges. And, and there are three here, and we've seen them already, but firstly, walk in wisdom. In other words, wisdom is the first nudge here towards people who are outside the church, outside Christ. And then that second one we've seen, echoing what we saw should characterize our praying. You know that watchfulness, that alertness? We'll live with urgency is the second little nudge. So wisdom, urgency, making the best use of the time. And then thirdly, did you see that at the end of this little section? Gracious speech. Verse 6, 
Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. Now, did you remember just a couple of sentences ago, Paul asked the Colossians to pray that he would declare Christ clearly, didn't he? Christ, the mystery, that is Christ, and that I would do it, speak plainly as I should. Well, that's the kind of thing that should occupy our conversations and our speech, plain speak about Jesus. You can't get more gracious than that, can you? Speaking clearly of God's grace to people like us in Christ. And Paul says you need to speak for the sake of the world, for the sake of those outsiders, for the sake of people whose doors God is opening all along your streets. I want you to walk there now in your minds to your friends and family members who don't know Jesus. Walk up to their doors. Open now that God is opening them in their lives. What are you going to say when you open your mouth? And you say, I don't think this is just an instruction to speak nicely to people. Remember your mom or dad tapping you, speak nice. That's not what's going on here. Not politeness, as important as that is. What you're going to say when you get to the door of your friends, you're going to say, I'm a Christian. And that that means not that I'm religious necessarily or from a particular background or denomination. You'll tell them the most amazing good news that has changed your life. You'll ask them to think about that kind of change in their lives as they consider Christ. Explain it to them plainly. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Open the Bible with them. Share it. And then look at the end of that verse 6. Answer their questions because they will have many, many questions. Even after the initial shock of you telling them about Jesus, they'll want to ask you about it. Well, let's do these things. Remember, these are calls to to Christians, as well as getting their relationships with each other sorted and their families for the sake of the world. Let's do it for the sake of a world that's, well, dying to know Jesus. The Bible's calling you and I to prayer, a standard. Prayer for the people and situations that God will provide so that we can speak plainly as a word goes through the door openly. And the Bible's calling us to reach out with compelling behavior too. Wisdom, urgency in the way we live, not wasting the time, but urgent. And then speaking graciously. That means speaking about Christ, speaking about the Lord Jesus. But you know, the world's calling you and me in a different direction. The world's smothering our prayers with distracted thoughts. The world's keeping us rabbiting on about church or religion or other stuff that doesn't matter. But it's September now. We need to wake up. We need to engage the people around us for the sake of Christ's mission in our desperately needy world. Let's wake up. Well, just as we wake, let's pray. Father, would you nudge us this morning as we hear your word would you give us the urgency of not just another set of things to follow, instructions? Give us the urgency to be people who pray as standard. Give us the, the plain speech of people who just speak about Jesus and speak plainly of your grace to us in Him, that rescue that has literally pulled us from death to life. And then, Father, help us to live like it in ways that compel people Help us to speak like it, not just being wise in our own decisions, but then 
taking the bold step of going through the doors you have opened for your word and getting that word in there as we speak, graciously speaking your life truth into their lives. Father, you know all the people in our lives that we're, we're thinking about right now. You know the doors that seem slammed shut. But we ask that you would use us even this week, this month, this semester, this year, to be your people in the lives of those around us. Father, for the sake of the world, would we do this? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.